Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. my final guest this morning is Dennis Casey, Operations Director for the AA Eurogroup. The successful recruitment group recently announced that it is to expand its international footprint by entering five new European markets and Dennis joins us now to tell us more. Dennis, before we discuss the expansion plans, I'd like to get an insight into your own background. Good morning, Carl. Thank you for having me. Yes, I suppose, Carl, my, uh, my career in recruitment, I suppose, started in January of 2001. So I've been working in it for over 20 years. Um, I would have worked in Ireland, UK and across Europe on various, um, I suppose, various types of projects over the years. Construction has been a heavy focus of my career to date. But with the AA Eurogroup, we've, we've, we've moved into different markets. We work in construction recruitment. We're working in IT recruitment. Um, we work in various different aspects of finance recruitment, HR. So it's a, a, wide, a wide range that we work in ourselves. Of course, you've been in recruitment long enough to have gone through a number of cycles at this stage. But in terms of the labour shortage, what's different this time round? I think the fact this time round, Carl, we have a, we have a clear situation where um, the skill sets that are required for, let's say, the construction industry in Ireland, your trades, um, your block layers, your carpenters, steel fixers, various trades, plumbers, there's just not enough of, of those trades coming through at the moment to service the requirements within the country itself. Um, that's where it's leading to, I suppose, the requirement for um, external sources to come in to assist with the requirements. It's not a case of people, you know, local people not being able to get roles or, these, you know, people coming from Eastern Europe replacing existing roles. It's more a case of a fact of there's a, a supplementary need where we have to go across different locations to find people with the required skill sets. So that, so that clients and organisations can fulfil the contracts that they have here in Ireland at the moment. And of course, over the past 15 years, we've lost tens of thousands of people in the construction sector to markets like Australia, Canada and New Zealand. Are we having much luck in bringing them back to take these roles up in Ireland? It's limited success, I think, is the best, is the, is the most honest answer in relation to that. I think it, it depends on family circumstances almost all of the time if people are motivated to come back to, to Ireland because of family reasons. Maybe they have um, they may have a, a young family with who are they're considering sending to school, things like that. If they are motivated in relation to making those returns for those reasons, then certainly it is the case. But people that have moved to Canada, the likes of Canada, the likes of Australia in the past, they have very good lifestyles over there. They they're very well in those locations as well. So it is certainly a case of lifestyle requirements and lifestyle you know, choices that people make. Um, and that's, that's something that's still in play today. We are seeing people returning, but maybe not in the numbers that are required. Amongst other locations, AA Euro Recruitment currently has offices in Romania, Croatia and Poland. What brought you into those particular markets? I think it goes back to the, the, my previous point. Um, we have a situation in Ireland and had a, ser- a situation in Ireland when the group was established um, in the, in the mid, mid-2000s where we had large labour shortages in relation to um, construction projects here in Ireland and in the UK. Um, as we did our research in relation to the, the locations where we can find these, these labour markets where people are, were willing to transfer and move across to Ireland, Poland, Romania uh, would have been the main locations where people were appearing to say yes, they were interested in coming to Ireland. So it was based around the availability of staff and the availability of labour in those markets who are interested in coming to these locations, coming to Ireland, 
and moving to the UK as well. And what skills predominantly are you finding in Romania and Croatia that can be of benefit to the Irish and UK markets? Various, across various sectors, to be honest with you, Carl. You've got, um, you've got the likes of your pipe fitters, welders, uh, steel fixers, shuttering carpenters, um, all the way through. And also it goes, it goes across to your professional staff as well as your engineering staff, your mechanical engineers, electrical engineers. Um, these, I suppose, across in Eastern Europe, there's a key focus in, in industrial engineering, I suppose you can say, and that's where those skill sets fit in. Um, something that is well recognised here in Ireland. Um, candidates that come across are, are good workers. Uh, the same as same mentality really is the Irish workers. They're here to work. They want to, I suppose, to, to create a good lifestyle for themselves and they want to create a good life for their family. Um, and once they're willing to do the work and once they're able to do the work, um, there's absolutely no reason why they can't be very, very successful here in Ireland. You have lots of clients operating across the construction sector, so what are the key markets now outside of Ireland and the UK that you're being successful in bringing talent in from? We've brought talent in from, I suppose, various different locations over the past number of years. Croatia, as you mentioned, has been a, a really strong office for us. I think it's been something that's worked out quite well. We recently opened up an office in Portugal. Um, over the last 20 years, I would have worked with a lot of Portuguese um, trades and professional professionals over the years. Um, exceptional workers, really, really hard workers, very focused on, on getting the job done. And I suppose in relation to those locations, Portugal and, and Croatia have certainly really uh, delivered a lot of high-quality staff uh, and labour to our projects across Europe. We've also heard over the years that Ireland is one of the leading lights in terms of construction apprentices. So when you compare the skill base here of Irish staff in the construction sector vis-a-vis, let's say, other parts of Europe or indeed further afield, how do their qualifications and their skill sets actually compare? The Irish qualification would be seen as being possibly the top qualification across Europe, to be totally honest. And that's not just saying that because we're based here in Ireland, each, each and every location that we go to across Europe, be it, uh, be it Denmark, Netherlands, Belgium, clients are certainly very, very keen uh, for us to provide Irish staff um, as much as possible, Irish trades and staff as much as possible, because they are seen as being good workers. Um, Irish people over the years are well recognised for having travelled across the world realistically to work and have been successful in doing so. Um, and I think that's the... The, the true answer around this is that Ireland will be seen at the very top level in relation to those qualifications and their ability to do the work and undertake the work that's required. And just on that basis, of course, there is an ongoing supply shortage of construction staff in Ireland. So is one of the reasons for that because we continue to lose them to other markets? Most Irish people who have their trade qualification, professional qualifications in, in construction are are working in, realistically at the moment, the most recent over the past 10 years, I believe. Some maybe of the younger, say younger people, professionals may have wanted to go to Australia or go to Canada for for maybe some life experiences, and that's that's absolutely fine. But it's it's sheer it's the sheer volume of work I think here at the moment, Carl, where the requirements for I suppose the, where the requirements are coming from, and the fact as well I believe that you know we've got we've got a situation in Ireland where we probably need more more awareness in relation to the trades. The, 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 I suppose the, the career that be, can be gained from, from having a trade here in Ireland sometimes I think that's a little bit understated and it's a little bit um, it's a little bit missed upon and, and I think that's something that needs to be worked on and I think there is certainly a lot more initiatives out there in relation to trade qualifications going forward but I do believe that there was possibly a 10 to 15 year gap where 
um, trade qualifications were not um, at the forefront of people's minds. But that is that is beginning to shift. And what do you think that the government needs to do in addition to what it's doing already? Because they have set up a National Apprenticeship Office in recent years. And in addition to that now, of course, within the CAO platform, apprenticeships is now also an option. Yeah, I think it has certainly improved over the last number of years. I think um, a number of ministers, especially Minister Harris, seems to have a clear focus in relation to this strategy. And it's something that, that has uh, that has had, had clear successes. I've spoken to a number of students in Cork um, over the years in my capacity with my, in my role here at AEURO and the, the key thing, the key message that has gone out is the fact that, you know, I think across Eastern Europe, for example, in Germany, a trade qualification would be seen as equal status as a university degree. And I think that mentality is something that we need to get through to the, the mentality of people here in Ireland. People don't, everyone doesn't need to have a third level qualification to, you know, to, to have a successful life. People may not be suited to, you know, working as in, as an engineer, for example, or as an accountant. But people can have a fantastic in, uh, career working as an electrician or working as a plumber or working as a carpenter here in Ireland. And I think that that visibility, that awareness and that communication to students in particular, and I think there's going to have to be a lot more a lot more focus within that strategy of communicating to students over the time because this is where the message needs to get through and it needs to get through to the parents of these students as well. They're very fair points and very well made, I have to say. One other sector that you have a clear focus on is that of IT. Of course, in recent weeks and months, we've heard about lots of multinational technology firms letting tens of thousands of staff go. What are your thoughts in terms of what's happening out there at the present time and where are the opportunities as a result of it? Certainly, it is without any shadow of a doubt. It's a challenging time within the IT sector. I believe that um, it's it's a situation which will level out hopefully in time. It's the the, the number of people that are losing their jobs is um, is vast. It's it's a worry without any shadow of a doubt. I think our strategy in relation to how we've worked with our clients um, to date with the IT sector is that we've, I suppose, we've looked at the skill sets that clients require. I think that candidates and IT, I suppose IT candidates that are losing their jobs and people within those industries are not just IT professionals. You've got people in talent acquisition, human resources, finance, various different functions. There are there are other roles out here in Ireland for, and there are other companies hiring. Uh, I do know that the fact that the likes of Amazon, Google, Microsoft are announcing job losses, but there are still numerous opportunities for IT professionals here in Ireland. And I think... Our offering, what we are doing with clients is that, and what we are doing for our candidates is there's a large contracting environment within within the within the IT industry, and I think that ability for fluctuation and candidates to be available to move relatively quickly because they are in that contracting environment does lend itself to a quick turnaround in the industry. And Dennis, you finding with those candidates that are being left go from those technology companies that they are going off and becoming self-employed contractors or are they going into SMEs, into smaller businesses, maybe even at a reduced salary? Yes, certainly they're both. I suppose the answer is both. Um, A lot of these candidates would have been, a lot of these people, they're not candidates, a lot of these people would have been contractors within those organisations, I believe. Um, And certainly a lot of SME companies in Ireland are, are certainly hiring in that IT space and probably for a long period of time would have struggled to compete with these multinational organisations when trying to, atta- to, uh, to attract talent. And I think the, the flexibility and the hybrid, I suppose the hybrid mentality and the hybrid awareness of the, the working scenario within IT, it does lend itself to, to pe- for people to be able to get themselves 
up and running pretty quickly again after what is definitely a tough time losing your job is, is not a nice thing to happen to anybody and you've seen people who've worked in these companies for 20 plus years finding out by email that they're losing their jobs it's a very uh, it's a very sad thing to happen but certainly I do believe that there, is, there are roles out there across Ireland and also to work in Europe for these candidates because they can work, they can be based in Ireland, but they can work for organisations in Europe and they can work for organisations in the US because that is the nature of the IT industry. Dennis, the AA Eurogroup recently announced further international expansion plans which will see the opening of offices in Belgium, Denmark, England, Germany and Portugal. What is driving this growth? It's the requirements that we have from our clients, Carl. We've got, um, we're lucky that we work in on projects across uh, in Ireland, UK, across Europe. We're working in Denmark, we're working in Belgium, the Netherlands, Germany. We've recently um, we've, we've recently started working on, I suppose, kind of large-scale government projects in the UK, the HS2, um, the high-speed line that's been built between Birmingham and London. We're supplying staff to the Hinkley Point Power Station in the UK. We're working on data centre pharmaceutical projects in Denmark. It's based on the requirements from clients and a lot of our clients are, are actually, most of our clients would be Irish clients who are working on these large-scale projects across Europe and it's great to see Irish companies doing so well and being recognised for being able to deliver these projects um, in different locations. And Dennis, how are you actually acquiring these clients? I think we're getting, we've had a situation now where we've got a good name out there. We, a lot of our clients will give us references to, to other clients that they are, I suppose, competitors with but we have a lot of clients who will be, let's say, a main contractor in a project. They will have a mechanical contractor or an electrical contractor. And the word does get across that we're providing, you know, good staff to to, to, ver- to clients in different locations. And it's, there's a lot of word of mouth. There's a lot of business development activity as well. I travel quite a bit myself. So um, we're trying to meet clients consistently to make sure, number one, that the clients that we do have are happy with the service that we provide. But more importantly, that we can grow that and that we can extend our client relationships to different clients across across Europe. And Obviously, like I say, we're working with existing clients who are Irish clients who are working across Europe. However, we are very keen to work with local clients in the jurisdictions that we work in as well, as in Denmark, Germany, the Netherlands. So it's, it's a clear strategy that we have to be, you know, we're very, very aware that we're working with our Irish clients and we're very lucky to do so. But we are keen to, to stay in these locations over many, multiple years. And it's important that we work with local companies to, to make sure that we're keeping that, that uh, we have that ability to continue in the location. So with so much talk about the cost of living crisis and a possible recession, have you noticed any change or emerging trends in the recruitment space over the last six to 12 months? I think the biggest challenge, and I do understand that, you know, there's, there's some negative connotations out at the market at the moment, but I think the, the biggest risk to, to, the, to the market here in, in Ireland at the moment is, is the availability of accommodation. Um, clients are potentially looking at, let's say, large-scale multinational clients who are delivering data centre facilities, manufacturing facilities, large-scale industrial facilities in Ireland. The issue that seems to be rare, uh, seems to be appearing quite a lot is the availability of accommodation and staff who are coming from different jurisdictions and labour who are coming from different jurisdictions not being able to secure accommodation. And that's, I think that's something that is a, a fundamental issue in relation to where maybe people might see, you know, it's strange to, to hear people talking about expansion anymore, but I think the, the, where, where I see the challenge, and I suppose to get to the crux of the issue, I think where our challenge is as a country is that we can't grow, uh, we can't attract talent, we can't attract more industry if we don't increase the accommodation that we have available in Ireland. And I think 
it's not simply a housing issue. We need to look at how we house people as well. Um, and obviously that's for a different conversation, but it's something that is a barrier to entry for Ireland at the moment when trying to convince, I suppose, larger companies to invest in the location. And of course, that is a problem that many will say is a medium-term solution attached to it. So on that basis, what do you think that government should be doing to try and solve this in a speedier fashion? I think you have to look at, in relation to the accommodation issue, I think you certainly have to look at modular accommodation. And I think the, the, the availability of modular accommodation, there's many, many Irish companies that have had success across Europe in relation to delivery of these types of projects. Um, and I think as we, as we try to move on and as we try to progress, we need to we need to understand that it doesn't have to be a bricks and mortar building that people can live in. You know, lots of fantastic prefabricated construction buildings, modular construction buildings can be built and have been built across Europe. And I think that that shift in mentality and that shift in government mentality, and I think around planning, I think that's where that's where it needs to go to. And I hope that it happens sooner rather than later because companies are making decisions on a daily basis now. I believe in relation to looking at Ireland as a local as a go-to location and if companies are looking at Ireland as a go-to location and they are worried about the availability of accommodation it can have a negative impact on their decision. Well if you've just tuned in that was Dennis Casey from AA Eurogroup and I wish Dennis and the team every success with their growth plans. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.